All right, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, it's good to be here in your house today. Open our hearts and our minds to your word and your spirit. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. All right. I don't know about you, but as I look back on my life, there are things that I regret. You know, uh, one thing I, I regret, I remember when we were living in Wisconsin, the boys, Ben and John, the older boys, were on a baseball team at Sheboygan Lutheran, which is about 20 miles north of the university, and so that weekday, I don't remember what weekday it was, I was supposed to meet them, Linda, up at Sheboygan Lutheran and to watch the game. And Well, I, I decided before I left that there's one more thing I could get done at Concordia. After all, the game is nine innings. You know, I'll be there for plenty of the game. And so I did that one more thing, and then I took off to go to Sheboygan. And just as I was getting out of my car, I heard a big cheer from the baseball stadium. My son Jonathan had hit the first ever home run out of the park at that stadium. And I missed it, because I did that one more thing. Remember an, an, another time when we, we were moving from Wisconsin back to Sheboygan, back to uh, Texas. Um, it was right at the beginning of Benjamin's senior year of high school. And so, after much begging from Ben at the time, I... And Linda gave permission for him to spend his senior year with friends in Wisconsin. And I've regretted that ever since. He did fine, but it was hard. And we missed his senior year. I, I don't know which was the wrong decision to take the call, because the call worked out, or to leave him there, but I regret it. And then there was another time when my, my, uh, my mom, who you may have heard me talk about, had Alzheimer's. We were in Flower Mound, and a couple weeks earlier, my, the, her, her hospice nurse had said to me, Pastor Braun, I think that the time is coming close. Well, this one morning, and we knew it was getting close, this one morning before I went to see her, I decided I, I can do 30 minutes on the treadmill at the club. And while I was on the treadmill, the phone call came, Wayne, you better get over there quick. And mom died before I got there. I've always regretted that. Sometimes it's not till after someone's gone or something's happened that you realize how important a moment or a person is. What a priority they should have been at that moment. I think that's why today's parable is so important. Because Jesus is going to talk to us here about something that is so valuable, so important, that we dare not take it for granted. It's right there in the first verse of our task, the, task, the 
text, the, the, uh, the, the part that Pastor Ridley read with such emotion, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. There is nothing more important than God's invitation to feast at His heavenly banquet. So let's look at this parable. Now think you need to know it. It follows immediately after the parable that, that, that Pastor Ridley preached on last Sunday. In fact, the guy who speaks out at the beginning of this one, he says it right after he hears that parable. Okay? So, I wonder if you remember, I, I'm going to do a little test afterwards, see if you remember what Pastor Ridley said last week. Okay, I'll tell you. The kingdom of God, God belongs not to those who exalt themselves, but to those who humble themselves, to those who take the lowest place. And when you hear that, and I remember sitting here thinking, then what hope is there for any of us? Because we tend to be prideful, arrogant, we, we scramble to get first place in line. I, even when we're little, I wanted to be the first at the drinking fountain. It was so important to be first. Right? How are someone like you or me that is so full of pride, how is there any hope for us when the last thing we want to be is be last. Well, there's one hope, and that's what Pastor Ridley went on to tell us, didn't he? And that's the fact that the one who is the highest, who is above all and over all, became last of all. He emptied himself. Became obedient unto death. Take the very, made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. He came, Jesus came not to be served, though he deserved it, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, they all heard, this guy heard that from, from Jesus, not just from Pastor Ridley, but from Jesus, right? And he didn't get it. He says, oh, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And we know from what follows that he was thinking, yeah, I'm going to be there. I deserve to be there. After all, I'm Jewish. I'm descended from Abraham. doesn't matter how I've lived or whatever. God kind of owes this to me because I'm one of his people. He takes it for granted that he's going to be there. And in response, Jesus tells the parable. Jesus said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. Now you need to know in, in those days the, the, uh, they would send two invitations. This is the first one. And they would send it out early and, and the first invitation, all they would tell you is on this day there's going to be a banquet. They wouldn't tell you what time. Because they needed to know, because they didn't have rid of refrigeration or anything like that, they needed to know how many people were going to come to the banquet so they could prepare the right kind of food. They didn't want to have too much and they didn't want to have too little. So they'd send out that first invitation to get the numbers. And then when the, everything was done and on that day they'd send out the second invitation and that's the one that's here in the text. He says, and at the time for the banquet he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. Well, that's when, apparently, some of the friends who had said they were coming 
started making excuses. I love their excuses. Feeble, right? And at the time, for the, he, said, he said, well, I have bought a field. I must go and see it. Please have me excused. Well, folks, who buys a field without looking at it first or having somebody they trust look at it first? And even, even if that was the case, you could go after the banquet just as well as before. I, then he goes on, there's another next guy. He says, another said, I've bought five oak yoke of oaks, five yoke of oxen, that's ten oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. Now think about this. In that day, five yoke of oxen, ten oxen, that's a huge investment. Who would not go look at the cattle first and make sure they're big enough and that they're strong enough and that they've been trained to work as a team? Who would invest that kind of money without doing that? And again, he could do it after the banquet. But the last one is the one I love best. And another said, it's my wife's fault. I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Now, it's true, in that day, you could get out of joining the army for a year because you had gotten married. But he's not going to battle. He's been invited to a banquet. He could take her with. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. And then the master of the house became angry. And you'd be angry too if you'd invited all these folks, got the food ready, and then they say, oh, we can't come now. What they're doing, their excuses were an insult to the host. They were an affront to his hospitality. They were trivializing him. He said to his servants, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, sir, what you have commanded has been done and still there is room. With determined, deliberate generosity, the master said to the servants, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. And what of those who excuse themselves? For I tell you, none of them, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. What does this mean? What's great kingdom truth is Jesus teaching in this parable? Quite simply, that this invitation, His invitation, is an undeserved gift of God. You know the great part of being invited to a banquet someone's hosting? You don't have to prepare the food. You don't have to pay for it. Someone else does that. You just get to eat and drink and enjoy. Well, folks, that's the most wonderful thing about God's banquet and about the blessings that He prepares for us. He prepared it. He paid for it. Paid for it with the gift of His own Son, Jesus Christ. Born in Bethlehem, lived among us, bleeding and dying on a cross for the sins of the world, rising again so that all who believe in Him might have a place at His heavenly table. God is the host, the master of this feast. The first invitation went out through the prophet who announced to Israel a banquet is coming and you're invited. And then, 
in the fullness of time, God sent forth His servant, His Son, saying to those who had been invited, Come! For everything is now ready. And they had all sorts of excuses. You're not what we expected. You're supposed to take care of the Romans. We don't need a Savior. We're good Jewish people. We're descendants of Abraham. They had all sorts of excuses. What about your excuses? Friends, do you have priorities that sometimes you put ahead of God's priorities? I know I do. My friends, be wary. For His invitation is an undeserved gift we dare never take for granted or presume upon. We need to do away with our feeble excuses. We dare not think because we're Lutheran or because we come every Sunday or whatever. That God owes us something. Give all that up. For this parable, like all parables, is a call to repentance. To call to recognize that spiritually, you and I, we are the poor and the crippled, the blind and the lame of this parable. We are the people called from outside, from the highways and hedges. This call is a call to come to God with this prayer on our lips. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. We are here only because of God's determined generosity. He has compelled us in His love to be here. He sent the first invitation to you, the first save the date at your baptism. There, He wrote His invitation by water and the Word on your heart. He does it again today. Take eat, He says. This is My body given for you. Take drink. This cup is the new covenant in My blood. Come now. You know what? I, when I was a kid, one of the things we loved to do on Thanksgiving Day, we almost always had it at my aunt and uncle's house. When my uncle was carving the turkey, the nieces and nephews would all try to steal a little piece of that turkey because, man, it tasted so good and you knew the meal was going to be great. Well, that's what God gives you this morning. He invites you to His table and He gives you a foretaste of the feast to come. He assures you that one day He's going to come and He's going to say to you, come, you who are blessed of My Father, inherit the kingdom that has been prepared for you since the foundation of the world. Come. Everything is now ready. Don't miss it. Amen. Now may the peace of God which pass all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.